The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all the things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens hard to carry and lay them on people's shoulders, but they will not lift a finger to move them. All their works are performed to be seen. They widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. They love places of honor at banquets, seats of honor in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and the salutation, Rabbi. As for you, do not be called Rabbi. You have but one teacher, and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. So today Jesus speaks about hypocrisy. Um, And I think it's important to understand where Jesus is coming from and what he means by hypocrisy. So the reason I say that is because I think sometimes we can have an erroneous understanding of what hypocrisy is and we can think of ourselves if we're really trying to do God's will and we're really trying our our most earnest. we can kind of maybe be a little bit hard on ourselves and and consider ourselves hypocrites for not living up to the standards and the ideals that Jesus presents. Um, And there there are many among us, I know, in this uh, congregation who are truly trying to live out to the best of their abilities um, their relationship with Jesus, their discipleship uh, with Jesus, and trying to serve those that Jesus gives on a daily basis and still failing and tripping up all the time. And so then there's a kind of self-condemnation, which is kind of influenced by the enemy of our human nature, Satan, which, which is an accusation that you will never um, succeed. There's a kind of discouragement. You're never going to be able to be uh, be able to get over this particular limitation of yourself or whatever the case may be. Okay, so that's not really what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus understands our humanity, and that's the point of having a Savior. That's the point of having a Savior. That's the gap that he desires to kind of um, decrease or shorten. The gap between where we fall, our own limitations, our own sinfulness, and the ideal. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. 
And so that's why we have a Savior. Jesus loves us for who we are. Um, And so Jesus isn't talking about that. Jesus is talking about those, I would propose, two different kind of scenarios. One is where thoughts and intentions do not match speech. So I'm thinking one thing, I'm intending one thing, and and there's a kind of double speech. So there's a lack of honesty. We don't want a lack of honesty. We want what's up here in our heads to match what's coming out. We don't want to lie. We don't want to be dishonest. We want to be straightforward with our speech. And really, to the best of our ability, we want to cultivate, which, which actually is very, very, very difficult. Uh, as anyone who has intentionally tried to do, we want, we want to never speak a lie. We don't want to lie at all. And the reason that's difficult is because there's usually suffering involved in telling the truth all the time. That always comes with suffering. That's why it's difficult. That's why we kind of water down our speech, let's say. And there becomes kind of a discontinuity between the truth and what we're saying. The other type of hypocrisy that Jesus is addressing here is a, is, is a more obvious one, a hypocrisy that's the difference between um, our actions externally and what we're doing internally. And that's very explicit in what Jesus is saying here. Um, For all intents and purposes, Jesus is saying that the Pharisees and the scribes here are what John Paul II, St. John Paul the Great, would call practical atheists. They're practical atheists. That means in all practicality, they live as though God does not exist. Their actions and their their actions are oriented towards um, the admiration of those around them. They're doing things so that people can see them doing things. They're not doing things for God. Um, For our Father who sees us in secret. I once heard in the seminary, actually, before I share that, I had a spiritual director uh, who taught me and mentioned this concept. He said, look, there's two lives that you live as a Christian. Um, and these two lives are basically your inner life that no one sees. It's just you and God. God sees it all, though. You see it. You, you might see most of it, let's say. There's the inner life, but no one on the outside sees. And then there's your external life. That's the life that everybody sees. He said, the more real life of those two is the one that you and God see. That's who you really are. And he said, what you want with time is for those two things to kind of become one. And so in the seminary, what they would teach us is, look, as, right now you have six years to really just kind of put it all out there Expose yourself as transparently as possible and try to work on some of the shortcomings to, let's say, 
kind of um, soften some of these rough edges, but in transparency before the Lord, humble yourself through formation, through you know these six years. These are six years where um, you want to be kind of a spiritual boot camp. As priests, we don't want you to have a double life. We don't want your external life to look like one thing and your internal life to look like something else. That's a double life. You can have privacy. You can have a, a private life, so to speak. All human beings need to have a, a, a level of privacy. But that's different than a double life where something is being presented on the outside that's different than is on the inside. What Jesus mentions is kind of a remedy at the end here. Um, he actually himself is kind of following through with um, he talks about being humble by, and he, he says, the greatest among you must be your servant. We always think about Jesus as that servant. He kind of has the perfect image of his servitude, not only in the fact that he descended, that he became one of us, God became one of us, um, and he lowered himself in that way. But even right at the Last Supper, um, he gives us just, just to give us this example, this image of him actually washing the feet of the twelve. That's just a really, oh, that's an uncomfortably humble position that he assumes as an example. He says, The greatest among you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And so the, the spiritual disposition that Jesus is speaking about in a practical way means that we voluntarily admit our shortcomings both internally and externally. And we should all be experts in this chapel, in this uh, church, of being capable of saying, I'm sorry. I was wrong. That's a good thing to be an expert at. Is when we actually do have a shortcoming, to say it explicitly. Move on. Say it explicitly before God. Say it explicitly out loud to whoever it is that we've sinned against or faulted against. We have both levels of that, sins against neighbor, sins against God, that can be addressed in both ways. And again, maybe we do admit to ourselves when we, you know, and, and we, we don't rationalize every single time, right, that we do something wrong, but it's, it's very hard to outwardly express that. Um, that's, that's an intentional humbling of oneself. We get to do that. We're gifted with, by God's grace through the sacrament of confession, which God gave us as a gift, where we explicitly say those things. And it is humbling. It is humbling. I go to confession every week as a Catholic priest. And no, you can't go to yourself as a Catholic priest, in case you're wrong. <laughs> and I don't look forward to it any of the times that I go. 
Now I feel it's great on the back end, once you're done, right? There's a freedom and there's an assurance of God's mercy. Um, but it's not like it's fun to humble ourselves. It's not usually fun. And then with neighbor, of course. Lord, we ask you to help us to not fight um, pride with pride, but to battle against pride with humility and help us to lower ourselves and just follow the example of your son Jesus and just just being okay with being sinners and just moving on. Help us to not rationalize or build ourselves up some kind of shell of ourselves um, that is false. Help us to live uh, integrated lives, Lord, where the inside matches the outside and help that to be a converge a convergence that happens throughout our lives more and more help us to just be who we present ourselves to be lord to not live in the hypocrisy of the pharisees and the scribes as mentioned today help our humility to be so profound as to powerfully bring people into the kingdom of God. Help us to be okay having a Savior and needing a Savior and not live virtue-signaling lives where we have to act or present that we are good people. Help our actions, Lord, to reflect your goodness and help us to not be self-reliant or self-sufficient, trusting in our own goodness, but always trusting in yours. And help us to be free and live like little children, Lord, in the protection of their parents. Through Christ our Lord, amen. And let's take a few moments in silent prayer just to listen to and speak with the Holy Spirit in our hearts.